But if you believe Putin has made up his mind, what leverage do you really have? Why not put those sanctions in place now? The purpose of the sanctions has always been and continues to be deterrence. Republicans seek to take control of the House of Representatives. Republicans are going to retake both the House and Senate. A liberal MSNBC host warning Democrats about the potential for a red wave. Do we have any sort of canary in the coal mine type indications of where we may be headed on that front? Fox News is calling the Virginia governor's race for Republican Glenn Youngkin. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve what for our an children. idiot. Yeah, that's an incredible opening from from kamala harris who again this, our theory of biden sends kamala to all the like difficult shit that he doesn't know what to do <laughs> right like he sends her to the border he has no plan there he sends her to deal with the ukraine russia situation and th- the best part is kamala has no idea what she's doing either well yeah so uh, it, my favorite part about when Kamala's asked to speak on any issue any sort of policy issue at all it's sort of like when you get called to the front of the classroom to give a book report on a book you haven't read. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just no like, no command of the issue. She's like looking at the back cover of the book. So uh, this is a difficult Russia-Ukraine situation. <laughs> dude, here's the thing. Like, it's not even just Ukraine or difficult issues, right? I mean, like immigration, we saw our stumble and stammer all through that. But then but then we got like, remember when we did, went through that period where they're like, what's the Biden agenda? Yeah, right. and she's like, she's like, ah. I mean, there's. <laughs> I, I, I say, I reiterate. There's a reason she did not make it to even the Iowa caucuses. She didn't make right. it to any of it. She had to drop out because there's no constituency for Kamala outside the like 12 people on Twitter who will like follow her into hell. Well, the, and then there was the COVID thing, right? Where she was like, the time to be doing the thing that we're doing <laughs> is every day. Yeah, and that time is now. You know, <laughs> it, it's like it's, it's like California Democrats are like just the weakest, dude, that, I mean, because they've never faced They've never Yeah, they've never faced that's any see, adversity. That's why you see Newsom say dumb stuff constantly, right. because like they're in a system that is, you know, it's it's single party rule over there. And the only way to rise is, is not with talent. You know, it's just scheming inside the party, currying favor. So you end up with idiots like Kamala at the top of the heap. And then she's like put in charge ostensibly of this like global political geopolitical situation and she gets asked wait so uh if you're saying you have no leverage like what's going on here she's like uh this is the (laughs) russia ukraine situation putin's already made up his mind they're like okay well what are you doing here and she's like oh we're deterring yeah like what but i thought the mind was made what what is it it, 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 it's amazing and and i think it just it really speaks to this administration is over their head in every possible way that's why we ended up with a situation like afghanistan that disaster of a withdrawal which basically let the whole world know biden and this administration are a bunch of idiots it's open season <laughs> that's it um well we got a hell of a program yeah, for you do. today and i'm, I'm glad i'm glad to just be back on the program i must say good to have you oh, back. let's uh, talk about that for a minute how's your health okay. old man it's fantastic it's fan- I've, good i've never felt better I mean, coursing through my veins, billions, maybe trillions of antibodies. We don't know. Many people are saying that I am invincible now. Coupled with the rods. Yeah, I got it all. I got it all in there. I got a lot lot of dials spinning in my blood. Uh, Strong antibodies that will prevent me from getting COVID. Uh, Natural immunity. What can I say? It's fantastic. And all it took was a little bit of NyQuil, some Gatorade. And, uh, you know, I was back at it. I mean, it didn't it honestly? I didn't take you very long. You were on the shelf for like a day and a half. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, a little bit of a sore throat, uh, you know, headache. I didn't have a fever, no fever, nothing like that. It was. Did uh, you keep the, f- the rest of the family out of the, was it just you? That oh, was, no, that, no. We all went down. We oh, all went all down. Did. Oh, yeah, you absolutely. My wife did. Our two and a half year old did. But again, you know, it was like day, day and a half. Uh, yeah. And then back at it. Fantastic. Yeah. So was this yeah. your first time getting COVID? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you've been like on top of like masking. Oh, come on. Here it is now. Social distancing. This is my favorite smug take ever that you are. You're a cuck. Yeah. If you haven't been afflicted with COVID. I mean, you named the strain, dude. Like the alpha. I've definitely had Delta. I mean, you name it. You name it. Every one of them. I've collected them all. He's catching them all. Like Pokemon. You know, that's the thing is I just the natural immunity to every strain. I got it. I got it covered. Well, no, no. Look, I understand. I mean, a lot of people, they got, you know. COVID-19 in, 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 in 2020, uh, they got the OG, the original. I think we had the OG yeah. right away, yeah. Duncan. But then a lot of people were shopping around for, for Delta, the new model. Yeah. They yeah. wanted that new model in the fall when it came out. Smart people like me were like, no, hold on, hold on. I'm going to wait around for that Omicron. <laughs> to get the latest and newest model. Yeah, you were dumb and you got the you got the Delta. I waited I waited to get the newest model and I did. Which I think was the smartest decision. You're like the last guy shot off the Japanese island after. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, my wife and I were joking. It's really funny. It's like we ended the pandemic the same way we started it, right? In cor- <laughs> in quarantine. <laughs> which is just just real nice. Well, welcome back. It's nice to have you. You look like a million bucks. I'm sure you're in good spirits. Let's uh, let's get on with the program, shall we? Do we have a sponsor today? We do. Today's sponsor is Masterworks. It's the second time they've sponsored the program. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's 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 a really unique, interesting product they've got. Yeah. It's 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 very interesting. So, you know, podcasts have changed the way that you get your news and info, your your politics, your entertainment, everything. Um, Masterworks is kind of like that. Masterworks is a fintech startup shaking up the investment landscape, letting you build a portfolio of fine art without spending millions of dollars. Masterworks enables you to diversify your portfolio and potentially protect it from market volatility by investing in blue chip contemporary art. You want to invest in a Banksy, Picasso, Warhol, something like that. Uh, investing Invest in paintings by icon- iconic artists there on Masterworks. Their industry-leading research team has created the first and only platform where anyone can buy and trade shares of paintings, giving you the same access enjoyed by some millionaires and billionaires for generations. Well, this is the thing that I like the most about this, right? It's like this entire market of fine art has been has been impossible unless you can go to Sotheby's or some auction house in New York City to you know, buy one of these things for $5 million. How do you invest in art without being a millionaire or billionaire? So... Masterworks does that. Look, uh, ruthless listeners get priority access to the latest offerings at masterworks.com or master, excuse me, masterworks.art slash ruthless. That's masterworks.art slash ruthless. Join a new generation of investors at masterworks.art slash ruthless. I feel like everybody should go on there, do what I did. If nothing else, just go on there and figure it out. Like sign up for it, take a look around. You know, if you don't like like what you're seeing, then then don't get it, obviously. But I think it's interesting. I mean, right? these numbers are awesome. Like uh, it says in October 2020, Masterworks made history by selling Banksy's Mona Lisa for 1.5 million after offering the painting to Masterworks investors. The prior October, so just a year earlier, at 1.039 million. That's 32 percent annualized. Hell yeah, return. that's pretty good. That's pretty good. 
Yeah, it's a solid investment. I mean, the thing is, is that <clears throat> it's unique. And uh, and I think if you go on there and check it out, everybody's going to want to uh, browse around a little bit. Who doesn't like fine art? That's right. That URL, one more time, masterworks.art slash ruthless. Also, you can see important disclaimers at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. Oh, and, and uh, this just hit my desk. We have an update that was demanded from the last episode. This is in regards okay. to space. It says Branson's Virgin Galactic flies about uh, oh, flies above eighty kilometers, or about two hundred sixty-two thousand feet, which is the altitude the U.S. recognizes as the boundary space. The current administration recognizes. Yeah, while, fake space. Yeah, while Bezos's Blue Origin flies above a hundred kilometers, or about three hundred twenty-eight thousand feet which is commonly known as the Carmen line. I still think that's fake space. It says, okay. after Branson said he planned to launch just nine days before Bezos' previously announced space flight, Blue Origin CEO Bob Smith decried Virgin Galactic's approach as a very different experience because, quote, they're not flying above the Carmen line. So my verdict was correct. It's not real space. So Wow. Folks want, wanted that update? You know. Smug was right we once delivered. again. Yet again, I was right. <laughs> Uh, what do you guys want to do? Some five stars? Let's do some five stars. Yeah, let's do a couple of five stars. Why not? Okay, Smug, you want to take this first one? Sure. It is from PLT Forever. It says, number one in the Far East from a fan in Japan. Oh, hell yeah. We're big hell in Japan. Yes. That, this is awesome. So, like, when we look at that map that shows we have, yeah. like, every country other than, I think it's, like, Cuba and North Korea. Right. Listening to us. Shout out Japan. It says, what do you pick as your reason to listen? Smug's comic takes on the news. Holmes insightful interviews. Duncan's epic rants, Highwood Hens' fabulous entertainment world reporting, or even Ashbrook's dry wit and commentary. Or, of course, the games. Too hard to choose a favorite part of the program. It's all so good. Keep up the great work. Awesome. Awesome. Wow, dude. Japan. Yeah, seriously. Japan. That's Japan, awesome. you gotta love. You want me to do this one, next one or you? Uh, why don't you take it? Smug needs an athletic trainer. This is from <laughs> uh, Softball Forever 42. Uh, been listening to the program since my fiance got a ruthless long sleeve t-shirt shout out internet button i currently work as an athletic trainer i've worked with the alabama football team and the tampa bay buccaneers wow both, both not as good as El- elway's broncos i love this uh, guy geez this guy's really sucking up this guy's me. awesome unbelievable all right with an ambitious with the ambitious approach smug has to fight every animal he hears about i've come to the conclusion that he needs me as an athletic trainer so I can help him with all the injuries he may sustain. Definitely will sustain. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> From him wanting to attack a group of angry beavers to the fighting horse, he surely at some point would require some rehab and preparation, especially if any of the libs retain D's nuts, the squirrel. That's what was <laughs> Keep the faith, hold the line, old libs and animals. Excellent. That's, that's, Excellent. that's, that's five great. Star. You know, I, there are a lot of Easter eggs in there, too. This guy's clearly done his research and listened oh, to a lot yeah, of episodes. Oh, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. I'm going to read this last one from As the World Burns. Oh, is this from... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, on huge, Twitter. Huge Twitter fan. Wow. Um, there, is, there isn't anything remotely close out there that holds a candle to the Ruthless Variety program. The only podcast I could stomach prior to Ruthless was Joe Rogan, which just goes to show how real and raw the fellas are. You guys inspire myself and others every day to fight more for the cause all while entertaining and making us laugh. Thank you for being you. Also, fellas, please bully Smug into adopting a kitten. Please yeah, great you. idea. Great idea. And and an excellent person on Twitter. That's as the world burns plus a Z at the end. Hell Outstanding. Yeah. Thank you for that five-star review. 
Yeah, so good. So good. So where should we start with Ukraine? I mean, obviously, this is what Kamala was talking about at the top of the show. And I mean, this is a disaster in the making. We might as well start here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, we, I, mean, we, I mean, that's the thing is like where to start with this. It's, it's such an absolute disaster. With? I mean, like I said, so in my mind, what really started this unraveling was the entire world watching the Biden administration's absolute disaster of that Afghanistan withdrawal. They saw how, I mean, the United States was in complete disarray. It was, it, it was horrifying to see there were people falling off of planes. Right. It was absolutely disastrous lack of plane. There was no planning in this. From 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 an airport when we had uh, an air base, Bagram, which, which we closed foolishly ahead of a, a military withdrawal, and instead, you've got civilians falling off of planes. You've got terrorists attacking the perimeter, which our troops were, or our armed services were trying to defend. We had 13 armed service members killed needlessly. The world saw this, and around the world, you saw now they're on the move because they know, you know, Biden is weak. There's going to be no response. And and as we're seeing, like with Kamala uh, in that segment at the beginning of the show, they don't know what they're doing. They have no leverage. Like, who is listening to Biden being like, all right, well, Biden's going to be mad at me. I, I You know, I, I better change my tune. Nobody. Right. Nobody respects the guy. And also, like, let's go back a little bit in history. As we now know, uh, we were told by the media ahead of the election that, oh, the, that, that uh, Hunter Biden laptop is Russian misinformation. We know that's now all false. They, they had the New York Post banned on Twitter, locked their account on Twitter for putting out what was factual information. Right. The, the media, the Biden campaign are both pushing, oh, this is Russian disinformation. And, and we're currently learning uh, because of that whole uh, Durham uh, prosecution, Durham the yeah. Durham report, the prosecutions in, in, that are happening, that this whole Russia collusion made up conspiracy theory that the media and, and the Democrats were complicit in pushing on this country. It's like... It, how, all, it all originated in Hillary Clinton's campaign. Exactly. And, and, and also it's like... How do we believe any of this? When, stuff? when Obama was president, Russia invades the Ukraine, and now Biden is president. It looks like Russia might invade the Ukraine again. Yeah. It turns out it wasn't Donald Trump who was the problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, the entire time he's there, you don't see Russia act up at right. all. While the media is trying to jam down the, our throats that, like, oh my gosh, Donald Trump is a KGB puppet. But oh they, my gosh, he's he's in Putin's pocket. It's like for four years they're lying to the American public, and now they're wondering why this is happening. Well, well, just to bring it back to the Kamala thing up top, which I think is so important here, because th the sanctions, right, this deterrent that they they say that they they have uh, that they won't use, they were trying to have their cake and eat it, too. Right. They want to say the, the the sanctions would be a deterrent, but they don't want to use the sanctions until he's already invaded. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's be like a catch 22. Right. right? Because because I, I mean, I'm just speculating here. I don't think they plan to do shit. If Russia, if Russia actually invades, right? And so, like, they have to have the deterrence as a card to play if he does invade to say we did something. They I can't think the just... the biggest problem... Yeah, so, I mean, look, I, I understand how everybody wants to separate Ukraine. It's like, oh, we don't care about Ukraine or, you know, why do we care about Russia invading Ukraine or whatever. The problem is, is what Smug outlined at the top, that the reason we're talking about Ukraine right now is because of Afghanistan. And the reason we'll be talking about Taiwan is because of Ukraine. And the reason we'll be talking about Iran is because of Taiwan and Ukraine and Afghanistan. The problem is, is like if you have absolutely no authority in the world whatsoever, 
right? If you've completely acceded, completely ceded ground to whomever wants to come at you and ever, nobody's afraid to ever come at you under any circumstance. And so they always pick on your allies, right? It's not like they're landing on the shores of, of the United States, but they're, they're picking on the closest allies. This one is obviously somebody that, that Putin has eyed up for the, the entirety of his reign, uh, if you will, in, in Russia. But if you don't have some kind of sanctions and pushback here, if you don't try to deter this from happening in a very significant way, what does that say to Xi? Right. With, mm-hmm. with Taiwan. And if you don't think that's a big deal, why don't you try figuring out how all your cars are made these days? Right. I mean, there, there, there are huge economic and real life ramifications that come from America just completely ceding world territory all over the place. I'm not saying that there should be boots on the ground in Ukraine. That's not at all what I'm suggesting. What I'm suggesting is, is that if you mean it, that Ukraine is an ally, then sanctions ought to be deployed to its fullest maximum impact. I mean, well, and, 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 out of these people. And Republicans tried. Back in January, right. uh, they tried to sanction Putin as a deterrent, and Biden and the Democrats led a filibuster in the Senate to stop them. Remember the Nord Stream sanctions bill that Ted Cruz was trying to get done? Yep. No, no, the Democrats used that Jim Crow filibuster to stop us from imposing sanctions on Vladimir Putin. Huh. Yeah. Weird, how, weird how that works. Weird. Yeah. That, 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 we, we lose our pipeline here. Keystone XL, day one, Biden closes that. When America had energy independence, to now you're seeing what's happening at the, at the gas pumps. I don't need to tell you folks how bad that situation is. Meanwhile, he okays Putin to, you know, basically set up a monopoly over energy in Eastern Europe with Nord Stream. And then the Dems block uh, uh, Senate Republicans and Ted Cruz from putting a stop to that. And they're wondering, wait, how did all this happen? Gosh, where's our leverage? And, and it's, 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 again, it's like the hot dog meme where they're right. like, we're trying to find, you know, the guy who did this. Well, I mean, the energy component is where this, this like infuriates me to no end, right? I mean, where you get these guys talking about gas tax release, where they can knock a couple of cents off of your, uh, of your tank of gas and yeah, pretend like, like they've done you some good. Th- that's I the mean, thing is, is, is they're willing to, and it shows you that they don't actually care about infrastructure, right? They're willing to get rid of all the jobs and the energy independence the United States had with Keystone XL, right? Which is costing an arm and a leg now for everyone when it comes to paying for energy in in, in this country. But they're like, you know what? We'll take two cents off your gas because we're so nice. Again, it's, it goes back to that theme of how Repo- of Democrats were like, you know, it's time to let people have their lives back. It's the same yeah. thing. It's the same thing. It is the same thing. But they have made us, you know, to the, to the extent that people are concerned about, and they should be because the world markets are very concerned about the Ukrainian-Russian conflict as it relates to energy prices and everything else. But if you're concerned about that as an American, the reason you're concerned is because these guys made us internationally reliant on energy again. Yep. Right? We were energy independent. Now they've shut down the pipelines. There is a story today or I guess it was yesterday in the New York Times. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you haven't read it, you should just glance over it just to, to be aware of this stuff. But the Biden administration halts new drilling in legal fight over climate costs. What the story is basically about is, is about the Biden administration just freezing out new federal oil and gas drilling, right? At the same time, they're saying that they're, well, they're concerned about gas prices. Yeah. Yeah, we have a little bit of a supply crunch, but we can't solve it ourselves. It's not allowed. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's, yeah. it's genuinely incredible, right? right. Look, the I top, mean, got fellas, the Times has covered this thing in the most 
New York Times fashion, um, for anybody who watched this uh, or caught any of the coverage of this uh, Putin speech, did you guys see any any of what he said? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So listen to how the New York Times uh, wrote it up. This is a breaking news alert that they sent around. In a fiery speech, <laughs> President <laughs> Vladimir Putin made the case that Ukraine is by history and makeup an integral part of Russia. <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't sound like cheerleading, I don't know what does. I mean, they basically called him an austere religious scholar. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know it's great. And then, and then the way, uh, uh, what's the White House legal advisor? He had a tweet that Lawrence Tribe saying. Oh yeah, Lawrence Tribe. This guy's just lost his mind. It says, uh, led by Fox News Channel's Tucker Carlson, the GOP's Trump wing appears to be throwing its weight behind Putin. If Putin opts to wage war on our ally Ukraine. Such, quote, aid and comfort to an enemy would appear to become treason as defined by Article 3 of the U.S. Constitution. <laughs> like, these people, it's, uh, it's like, unbelievable. This is their this, tank. This, this is somebody that the Biden White House seeks counsel with. Yeah. Lawrence Tribe, this guy, this professor from Harvard who's lost his fucking mind. Unbelievable. They have enabled all of this. <laughs> All of this. And they're like, no, wait, uh, this is going back to uh, uh, we have to save democracy. And uh, the Trump <laughs> wing is supporting Putin when they have. I mean, like, look at what Dems have done in under a year. Putin's had the best year of his life. And they control every lever of power. Every in Washington. They control the House. They control right. the Senate. They control the White House. And, and, and it's unbelievable that the take from these people and who and, and like you said, the Biden administration seeks out this guy's advice right that they're like oh they're traitors the gop are the traitors here folks as defined by article of the constitution <laughs> also like when did all of the libs become the most war hungry people of all time <laughs> like where when when did, it, did i miss the memo where like all of a sudden if you're a harvard professor living and out everywhere that you're you're basically indistinguishable from a lockheed martin lobbyist well, so, i mean so the the four years of russia gate and and donald trump being putin's puppet or whatever i think has really destroyed these people's minds yeah they've become just <laughs> right? like the biggest pro corporation war right. like like uh peop like uh supporters in history there's right. never been a group of people who are so on the sides of major corporations being like we have to just trust the experts and uh, you know, buy shares of Moderna, and also buy shares of Lockheed Martin, and also we should uh, you know uh, define anyone who opposes us as traitors under Article Three of the Constitution. Like they have completely lost their minds. These people are are so paranoid, and and at the same time, like it, it goes across their whole spectrum of thinking where they want everyone to just sit at home. It's like live in your pod, eat the bugs kind of situation where like everyone just stay home, just order your DoorDash. You know, don't go outside, <laughs> don't go to a bar, don't go to a restaurant, keep your kids away from schools. It's unbelievable. Can I, like, um, let me read the, con- so I told you the way the New York Times uh, broke the news of Putin's speech, calling it a fiery speech, calling him President Putin. This is the way that the Wall Street Journal wrote it. Putin said he will recognize the independence of two Russia-led breakaway regions in Ukraine, a move that could be used to justify an incursion. I mean, that's that's what I would assume that a major news outlet would write about his speech, not calling it a fiery also, speech. Also, making the also, case also for trying the to help him. Yeah, trying. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. Well, you know what uh, is unbelievable? And what we really need to talk about. We need to talk about the five hundred pound bear in the room. Oh, I not saw the gorilla. This. Dude, uh, folks, if you, Hank. Yeah, if, if you didn't see this news over the weekend, folks, there is a 500-pound black bear causing havoc in Lake Tahoe. 
And it says it divides residents after officials try to trap and euthanize it. It says a wild 500-pound bear broke into a home in South Lake Tahoe, and this is not the first time. The bear, nicknamed Hank the Tank, has broken into dozens of homes and has become quite a problem for locals. It says uh, Bridget Phillip and her families live across from the street where Hank, a 500-pound black bear, broke into their neighbor ta- uh, neighbor's Tahoe Keys home Friday morning. Quote, I'm tired of having to fear for our lives, quite frankly, because of what <laughs> the bear may or may not do. And the photo of this bear is incredible. You got you to Google Hank the Tank, Hank the tank. bear. Because you have to, this this is an absolute unit. Yeah, I mean, this is the most apt nickname. It is built like a tank. It looks like Photoshop. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It is that enormous of a bear because like it has a normal sized head, but the rest of it is is probably two to three times the size of a normal uh, normal bear. And I, you know what, I completely support. The bear. The bear did nothing wrong. <laughs> like pro bear here. you have to think about like uh, in bear world. What's the me- like? What what's the life like? What's the measure of success? Basically, you know, what is it? I don't know. Six months out of the year, they basically take a nap. You know, they're hibernating. The rest of the time, they're eating to store up. You know, food, fat for for when they're going to sleep for six months. I mean, what a life! Well, this so is the, like a king's life. And, and that's my main question here, Smug. I, I don't really understand this. Like th- this bear clearly has accumulated enough fat reserves to to have a nice <laughs> hibernation. Why is he so greedy? But no, like that's the thing is like years. that's the, that's the thing is it shows the success of this bear. <laughs> but, I mean, he he's can, like a he king can, among bears. He's can, just enormous, which shows that he's been doing it right. <laughs> Hank the Tank knows what he's doing, right? It's so, like, so I, what happens if you know you're like on vacation, smug, and Hank shows up at the door? What's your what's your move? Well, I mean, I I probably wouldn't be in a location that like you'd be able <laughs> like to like the access. woods. I don't you know, just don't like, go to the woods. I mean, well, I happily do, but like, are you are anyone who's staying in a cabin? Like, if you're telling yourself, "I want to be like you know one with nature," I applaud that. You know, you know, go full Henry Thoreau, do it if that's what you need. But accept what happens. You know what I mean? Don't be like, I got a house in the woods and a bear showed up. I don't know how this happened. Like, why is this happening to me? Well, I mean, you picked it. You know what I mean? Like, so, so, there, so there's so a, you're saying it's the it's the hundred people who whose homes have been broken. And into if you got a problem Hank. with the bear, go out. Go 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 tell the bear that. You know what I mean? Like, this is how the world works. It's like the law of nature. You want to go live in nature, or you're going to live by nature's laws. You know, it's like Rudyard Kipling. A, this is you know the law of the jungle. <laughs> I have a very simple question. Have they eliminated firearms in Utah? Have they eliminated firearms? That's a good because question. like anywhere where I grew up and like where I vacationed, Hank wouldn't make it past his third. Well, day. here's the thing is I don't think I don't think you could take Hank down with like handgun or anything like that. Like you'd need like an elephant gun right. and time and good aim. This is you need like armor piercing bullets. Yeah. Because this dude, they have they they are in the article they talk about how he's been shot at with like pellet guns and stuff like that. Like they, they make a, a point, it seems to me, in this article of saying like he hasn't actually been blasted. I mean, I think anything short of grenade launcher is not taking down Hank the tank. <laughs> this guy is really built for it, you know? I think that's what that's what makes these people nervous. If you're going to get a place that's in a bear-infested area, you're going to deal with the ramifications, you know? Like, nature abhors a vacuum. You're going to have to deal with the bear. You're going to have to deal with the bear. You pick the location, it, either put up or shut up. Like, you got a problem with, with, with Hank the Tank? Do it. You become the king of the jungle. There can only be one. 
Hank, Hank, Hank is like Hank is like the the straight up enforcer, right? He's yeah, like, I mean, you are in Hank's houses. woods. He's, he's not coming. Yeah, you're not breaking. He's not breaking into your house. You're in Hank's woods. Like you have to learn to accept that fact. <laughs> Hank, Hank, Hank is not. There's no mystery about where Hank's coming. I mean, I support Hank's this bear so much. Like, folks, you have to see the picture of this bear. If you can't take the bear side in this, I don't know what to tell you. It's an incredible bear. This, this is why we need a video component to the Ruthless Variety program. <laughs> well, we just pop it up about, on the screen. They've talked a lot about whether the bear, like, what should we do with the bear, right? Because it, again, it's broken into thirty-eight homes. So I mean, so, he's putting up numbers. So yeah, so this thing is like making the Gambino crime family uh, <laughs> look shitty. Anyway, what what they decided was that they couldn't tranquilize dart the thing and move it somewhere because it would just cause the same problem somewhere else. <laughs> the bear is truly ungovernable. Yeah. <laughs> somehow, somehow this this bear has escaped the long needle. I, I don't know I, how. I, I'm, but it I'm has. reading this article. This is so incredible. So this is a quote. It says, we have to be able to protect our children and be able to walk outside of our house. It's really scary because we used to be able to go on walks and bike rides by ourselves, but it's become a bigger problem, said daughter Olivia Phillip. Quote, so now we bring the bear horn wherever we go. Uh, South Lake, uh, uh, added daughter Samantha Phillip. South Lake Tahoe police found Hank inside a house after he got in through a window. Like, not only is he enormous... How? He's also like, you know, he's got agility. He's up getting through windows. Like you cannot. What sort of window? What, what? What is this? Is this like a? Got to be Florida. Got to be a bay window. This has got to be a bay window. <laughs> this is honestly. This is like a. If you saw the wire, this is like Omar. Like he rolls up and it's like you're just gonna have to get up your shit. Like this is the job of the hut of bears. <laughs> He just like looks in your window. He's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" I'm the place. <laughs> Oh, Amazing. All right. Well, we'll stay on the bear story because I want to know what happens to Hank the Tank. Yeah. I have a feeling that he's going to meet an untimely end at some point. All right, but, put him in uh, a circus. Honestly, like if that. I'm like uh, the uh, the Chicago Bears, I, I I fly in Hank the Tank. You know, bring respect back to that team. It's kind of like you I, know I, how uh, 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 great Texas idea. ahead of their games, uh, University of Texas Austin. Yeah, the Longhorn. They, they bring yeah. the Longhorn out and like see you, uh, Colorado. They bring out that Buffalo. They should just yeah. Bring Hank the tank and then, out. And then he'll just eat one of the handlers at 50-yard 50, 50 <laughs> line. And and that's how you set the tone. Be like, well, you know, welcome Chicago. <laughs> Monsters of the Midway, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, so we have a Dems and Disarray update. Always love these. Oh, uh, I think which, we have multiple. Which is, which is just fantastic here. Uh, here in the leadoff. Jen Psaki tells Rob Lowe she binged The West Wing in 2012 while working in a consulting firm. Quote, in a crazy way, it really brought me back to come back to politics. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. I mean, you really wonder why these people are so awful. They really think The West Wing is real life. And then they're just out there getting owned every day and they wonder why. It's unbelievable. The funniest part about about this and a lot of the things that we do on Ruthless is that we have like an audience of a million people who are all in on the joke and that the libs aren't in on it. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. And so they like they like freely volunteer this stuff that just plays right into the heart. <laughs> and, and, and like I've said, like uh, about the West Wing before is 
the problem is Libs thought it was a drama and they took it seriously right. when it's actually a comedy. It's yeah. supposed to be like, oh, these people are all idiots. These are a bunch of dumb Libs that get owned nonstop. Libs saw it and they're like, oh yeah, this is what well, a president should be like. Uh, this is what government is. It is. And and uh, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was one of the early episodes where it was like uh, President Bartlett, who's Martin Sheen, uh, his, I guess, barber or some, 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 someone who works for him is in a plane that gets shot down by some made up country. And uh, you know he like convenes his 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 team in the in the situation room, and he's like, "How are we going to make these people pay? You know, I want to rain down hell." And basically, they talk him into doing nothing, right? And then the <laughs> and then like you know the West Wing music comes on. You're supposed to think the heroic move is actually being a bitch, right? <laughs> and these and these people saw this. They saw episodes like this, and they're like, "Yes, that's what we should do." And and we wonder why we're in the situation we're in. <laughs> It is. It, I, I mean, it's. I full. didn't know where the wind up by that. There was a huge payoff. The West, the West Wing is full of terrible advice. Um, my my favorite episode is when uh, Donna Moss, you know, who works for Josh Lyman. Yeah. Um, she there's this episode where she uh, fills out an absentee ballot. Do you guys remember this episode? No. So this I is like it, this no. is like in the the re-election campaign or whatever, and she fi- she fills out an absentee ballot for back home, I think in Ohio or somewhere where she she lives, not not permanently in D.C., right? And she fills out the absentee ballot wrong and voted for the other guy, and she proceeds to it's like it's like the B side of the episode. She spends the entire episode outside of a polling booth in Washington D.C. trying to get somebody to trade votes with her. Right, oh like to, to get somebody to symbolically vote for Bartlett for her in Washington D.C. and her argument is, well, my vote that I made absentee back in Ohio or wherever is like a thousand times more valuable, you know, than the, just just do it for for the sake of democracy. Like rather than going to the DSCC or the DCCC or the DNC and like making a thousand phone calls that day, Donna Moss thought it was a better idea to sit sit outside a polling booth in Washington D.C. and try to trade votes with somebody. These are incredible. Like think right, think people. about being that fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> It seems right. It's perfect in so many ways. It's it's perfect for what West Wing is, right? Yeah. Which is a distraction from real politics, right? It's a comedy (laughs) of errors. It's not real. Yeah. Like like I said, it's supposed to be taken as a comedy. Like, look at these dumb people. Yeah. And 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 people like Saki really saw it, and they're like, like, "Yeah, no, this is a guide. This is a guide for being. This is a how-to. This is how-to in politics. (laughs) Absolute morons." Dude, you guys, we got to get to this story because I've been, I love it. I, this is exactly what, what makes, it floats my boat. Um, U.S. Uh, House candidate allegedly went on drunken tirade and vomited at preteen sleepovers. Yes. That's according to the New York Post. Uh, an Oklahoma Democratic congressional candidate is under fire for allegedly verbally attacking several preteen girls while at the home of a friend who is hosting the sleepover with multiple middle school girls <laughs> present. I was going to say, is this like a Lincoln Project candidate oh. or something? But it says Here it goes on. Girls, it goes so, on. Oh. Abby Broyles, a candidate for Oklahoma's 5th Congressional District, went to a friend's house on February 11 and became more and more aggressive as she continued to drink wine throughout the night. <laughs> <laughs> the report states that Broyles insulted the girls attending the sleepover after becoming intoxicated according to multiple people interviewed by the news outlet who said she allegedly said one girl was a quote acne fucker <laughs> so, oh, what? 
and hurled Fuck. multiple insults at other young girls. She was literally well. bullying. She was bullying these preteens. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hold on. One of the young girls left the group in tears after being insulted by Broyles, according to the report. Broyles also allegedly vomited. <laughs> oh, vomited into a laundry basket as well as a girl's shoe. Like, this is all time. I can't get through it. This is insane. Holmes is dying. Okay, so this is great. So this is great. It says, Broyles added that the allegations could have been, quote, cooked up and suggested that the 12 and 13-year-old girl's mothers were using the allegations as a political attack against her. Like, why are you attacking me for expressing my views of of throwing up in laundry baskets and children's shoes? But the adults, the adults invited her. They're her friends. It makes no sense. I mean, this makes sense to me because, like, I I really feel in my heart that like all the dams are basically just like out of their mind liberal wine moms, and this just is a hundred percent that she just got like super aggressive drinking wine. There's more. There's more. She proceeded to tell me that Abby Broyles had been at the house and was very drunk, calling them all MFers, <laughs> F this and F that. Sarah Matthews, one of the girls, one of the mothers of this young girls who attended the sleepover said, Broyles called somebody an acne fucker. So we do somebody, have confirmation. Hold on. Somebody of a, a Hispanic fucker. What? Wow. And then, no, no. And then called my daughter a judgy fucker. <laughs> For not wanting to, to sleep with a blanket. Oh my god, that she cleaned up wine with. <laughs> Don't be judgy. She's like, I sleep with blankets that are covered in wine constantly. Dude, I Dude, love, this- I love this, I love this explanation from Broyles. This is great. Quote: We had wine and sushi, and a couple of hours later, we were upstairs in their theater room watching a movie. <laughs> Quote, and she gave me a medication I had never taken before. And I had an adverse reaction. Instead of helping me sleep, I hallucinated. And I don't remember anything until I woke up or came to, and I was throwing up in a hamper. (laughs) She was throwing up all over the house. I wonder, is there a primary? Is she in a primary? Because what's going to sink her is calling someone a Hispanic effer instead of a Latinx effer. That's right. Like, that, you're done as a dem in this business. I love how she also says she had sushi. You know, it's like, I just had like a light dinner. It was just That's like the, sushi the, with the girls and some yeah. wine, and then it just turns aggressive. Yeah. And then I got, then I became an absolute alcoholic racist. <laughs> I mean, it's just awesome. See, the story begins well. Like, her, her heart was in the right place because it says she was drinking aggressively, which I think is the only way to, you know, approach that. Well, if you're going to be babysitting preteens, that's the way to do it. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Guys, I gotta tell you, I saw the story and I knew immediately. I just it was I, meant I just, for the show. I, I wanted to save because I didn't actually read it. I just saw the headline. I wanted to save the reading for when we got on the show because I knew it was gonna be so authentically hilarious to me. <laughs> just an absolute banger. I mean, just uh, everything is perfect. Like not only the hamper, but she's like, how do you throw up in some kid's shoe? Like how does that even begin? I can't understand I think- the logistics of that. Honestly, I think we got to ask. We at least have to ask if she'll come on the program. We should absolutely be like, we are a show that is uh, hosts many candidates. <laughs> we, re- we rehab a lot of different candidates. We would love to have you on. Uh, speaking of disasters, we've got some updated polling numbers. So this is from NBC News, and these are uh, an updated look at Biden's overall approval rating. 
Among young Americans age 18 to 34, the president's job rating has dropped from 56% in April to 40% last month. That's a drop of 16 points. Among those who backed Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren in the 2020 Dem primaries, Biden's rating has dropped from 88% to 74%, which is, to me, I thought it would drop even more. That's 14% drop. Among independents, it's fallen from 61% to 36%. Those are worrying numbers right there. That's a 25% drop. Among women, the drop has been 10 points from 61% in April to 51% now. Among whites with college degrees, it's been another 10 points, 57% to 47%. Latinos has gone from 59% to 48%. And among blacks, the voting bloc arguably most responsible for Biden winning the Dem nomination. The president's job rating has declined from 83% in April to 64%. That's a 19-point drop. Wow. Wow, that's a big number. Gotta love it. That's a big number. Gotta love it. All demographics, right? I mean... Across the board, he's just... I mean, everyone is seeing what a disaster this administration is, and they're going to be held to account in November when the red wave hits them. <clears throat> well, they're looking for a scapegoat. You guys see this? Yeah. They um, a- apparently they had this, a whole bunch of of internal meetings trying to figure out who they were going to use as their as their straw man, right? Because they tried Trump with the McAuliffe campaign, it didn't work. And so they're looking around trying to find somebody to blame. Did you see this Axios piece? I did. I did just incredible so you know you're in a tough spot if you're if you are a sitting president who has unified control of of the entire government and you're like oh we got to look around let's find somebody to blame for this mess yeah i I mean it's like okay we control everything uh who do we blame for this right like what a situation you've put yourself in you know it's like you have the house the senate the white house in this country things are getting worse and worse for everybody and their problem is that Regular people are noticing groceries are more expensive, gas is more expensive, things haven't improved for them at all. Things have only gotten worse since Donald Trump was in office for every American. Well, and, and they've spent the last year trying to work out this boogeyman as an abstraction, right? Like, originally it was January 6th and this creeping fascism that was going to destroy America, right? Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was the filibuster. The filibuster is actually the problem, is the reason why there's this creeping fascism in America and it's Jim Crow and yada, yada, yada. And then it was voting rights, right? And there was just this idea of voting rights and none of that has stuck. None. None of it has stuck. It has no credibility. The voters don't believe it. And so now they have to actually find like a person that they can run against. Like you said, Smug, they control every lever of power in Washington, but somehow it's got to be this person's fault. Yep. It's It's, incredible. It's it's amazing. But uh, what I like is that they are not actually facing any of the issues that are causing them to lose and to pull so badly. But dude, how could they? Because everything they've touched has turned to absolute rabbit shit. (laughs) This quote is I mean, I'm serious. Like they can't, what are you going to say? Oh yeah, no, we've done How about education? We talk about education. Oh no, critical race theory. We close all the schools out. Uh, This quote is just incredible. Can we do that? We try to raise everybody's taxes. (laughs) So so this is Senator Mary Hirono, Maisie Hirono from Hawaii. She told Axios, quote, I wish that we could just find one face that we could point to such as with Donald Trump, maybe a composite, she said. I'd like us to do a much more effective job of really drawing the contrast between Republicans and Democrats. It's just like... The filibuster! <laughs> it's broken! Hell yeah! I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing that, like, it lays it out right there. 
It's no. like we need something to divide America. Guys, we were really spoiled when Donald Trump was president. And we could blame everything on him and the media was complicit in cooking up this fake Russiagate scandal that we could say was controlling the presidency. We don't have that anymore. It's not fair. Yeah, they're it like everything's be been one. going bad with us controlling everything. We got to find a way to divide Americans. Straight up. That's what she said. Incredible. <laughs> it is as incredible. An aside, as an aside, just as a kind of a think experiment, is there a dumber senator than Maisie Hirono? No. That's, that's a tough one. No. That's a tough one. I mean, it's a good, like, literally, it's uh, you got to think about it. I don't know that there is. I think she's I think she's top of the charts. And, th- and that's a pretty fucking incredible title to have. <laughs> <laughs> There's quite a few. Uh, speaking of needing an education or education in general, this is from the Washington Post. This is an incredible headline. It says, education, traditionally a strength, has Democrats on their heels. Oh, no. Mm. Oh, I wonder <laughs> why. Oh my God, so shitty. These, 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 these highlights from this, the bullets are incredible. It says, minutes after Democrat Stacey Abrams announced her candidacy for Georgia governor, incumbent governor Brian Kemp made clear he would put education at the center of his campaign to keep his job. Quote, with Stacey Abrams in control, Georgia would have shut down. Students would have been barred from their classrooms and woke politics would be the law of the land and the lesson plan in our schools. Uh, Kemp, a Republican, said on Twitter, the debate will unfold in campaigns up and down the ballot, but it will be particularly relevant in the gubernatorial contest because governors have a significant say in education policy. 36 states have gubernatorial contests this year, with Democratic incumbents in Michigan, Nevada, Wisconsin, and Kansas facing tough re-election races. I mean, that this is this is uh, the chicken coming home to roost. They these Dem governors sided with the teachers' unions. They still they, do. They, they still do. They locked down their schools. They locked down their states. They killed jobs. They made, a, a, you know, an impression. Uh, uh, these kids will never make up for that lost time in, they, in their education. They'll never recover no, from and, it. it. And this is going to be a saddle they're going to wear on their backs for a long time because it's not just about, you know, now they're reducing the mask mandates, but they're keeping them on schools. I mean, they basically have no sense about what they're doing to our children. But like as our kids get older, the problems that they drag with them to the next year, they're going to be there. It's going to be evident. Right. And the fact that these people continue to apologize for a teacher's union position time and time again, which has done very real damage to a whole generation of kids across this country, I think is I I think it's a political liability in perpetuity. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't don't have to take our word for that. Uh, There are Dem consultants who are saying it. Did you see this guy in the, the post story who said there's a real sense that what we did did not work for many kids, most kids. No wow. shit. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Huh. He said that we're paying the price for last year. And they're going to keep paying it, you know? And I look at some of these states like um, Nevada, uh, Wisconsin, you know, where we have uh, comp- very competitive swing uh, Senate races. At the same time, you've got these gubernatorial contests. And like you said, Holmes, earlier, um, about you know getting rid of some of the mask mandates in places like Nevada, the, the governor there was like totally cool with keeping mask mandates for the classroom. I mean, right? that's the thing is across the country, you know, a lot of these Dem governors and the media is trying to help them. They're trying to give them credit, being like, "Oh, this governor is finally relax- relaxing mask mandates." <laughs> it applies to like restaurants, bars, gyms, places that uh, mask mandate must remain in place. Schools, right. it's like yeah. okay, great, yeah. incredible right. the work. Pe- the people who have have the least. To risk yeah. in catching COVID, are yet again being forced right. to have the like most strenuous uh, uh, 
uh, restrictions placed and the, upon and them. And the other part of that that quote that that was read here a little bit earlier from the story, the the other half of it, which I I think is really interesting, is you know quote or Democrats, he said quote are paying a price for last year. Voters quote felt Democrats closed their schools and didn't feel bad about yeah, you, it. You know what yeah. that says. You know what that says. That says that voters do not buy the smokescreen that the media tra- right. traditionally places in front of Democrats to protect them from any kind of harm. Right. They, this whole idea. This whole idea that the science. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, for the first time, you know. Look, federal policy, like it or not, is not like immediately felt, except for a couple of different issues, right? And and. This is one of them where federal policy interacted with local policy in a way that was so personal and so many people that there was not nothing left to interpretation. You couldn't listen to a media whitewash. They continue to do it, by the way. I mm-hmm. saw a report out today. National Geographic, of all places, tweet, tweeted this article that said that there's been no harm done by masks in school. I mean, <laughs> first of all, you're a little out of your jurisdiction there, pal. But <laughs> But second of all, like they're continuing to do this whitewash. The problem is, is that voters actually are sitting there dealing with it. Right. Right. It's not up for interpretation. No, there's, <laughs> there's just no credibility to that argument. And, and, and that's the thing. Is So the, an NBC News poll last month found 65 percent of people saying they are more concerned about children falling behind in their education than with the spread of the coronavirus, which was more worrying to 30 percent as opposed to the 65 percent. Like you're seeing you're seeing the media scramble to try and save the Dems from the consequences of their decisions. That's what this is. Right. Amazing. Just amazing. So you want to talk about some lizards? Absolutely. So this was this this article was tweeted uh, to me from a minion. Uh, it says a 110 million year old lizard trapped in amber. Uh, this 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 lizard walked with dinosaurs before walking into amber. It says creatures get trapped in amber all the time, but most prehistoric finds are insects. Yeah, like in Jurassic Park. Exactly, just like right? in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Uh, it says amber is a great material for preserving uh, arthropods because of their already tough shells uh, that will hold on even if the insides disintegrate. But what about a lizard? Retinosaurus. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce this. Commentensis is a new extinct species of lizard that was unexpectedly found trapped in Burmese amber. No one expected an entire reptile to be preserved so well from its scaly skin down to its skeleton. The image of this is incredible. It's basically just like the entire lizard just encased in amber. Huh. And this is what's great. It says we were, uh, this is uh, one of the scientists, we were able to study not only the skeleton, but even the external appearance uh, scalation of the lizard. And this is a big thing because like historically, you know, we've got the, the skeletons of the dinosaurs, but people would always argue they're like, okay, were they, were they green? You know, were they blue? What, what, what did these damn things look like? Did they have feathers? Um, now we see they did look like lizards. And from what I'm seeing, it looks like it was green. I called it. Dinosaurs were green. <laughs> I called it. Dinosaurs are green. Can I ask a question? Like how do they, how does it, one of these things stumble into amber? I guess they were just like trying. This lizard was trying to scamper up a tree or something. Yeah. He gets caught in the sap and is like, "Oh God, here I go." Is it's that over. what it is? It's just so that you guys stuck hundred mil. Sap? That's it. Yeah, or maybe or maybe it was a log, and he's 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 running scampering through the log, and it's full of sap, and he just runs right into it. I have over. to think. What what I don't understand here is it says a hundred and ten million year old lizard trapped in amber walked with the dinosaurs. What what makes this a lizard and not a dinosaur? That's a good question. You know what I mean? Maybe I mean, it's, it's the size. The, Maybe the size. No, of but the, there are very small dinosaurs. So here's the thing: is the name of this thing? It says Retinosaurus. So I count it as a dinosaur. Saurus. The hell with anyone. It says Saurus in the name. You know, like, oh, that, so, a Retinosaurus. Okay, so, 
that we have a new smug definition. The, I mean, it's if pretty clear. You're if, a dino. If you're going to trust the science and we're going to listen to the experts, it says Saurus very okay. clearly, very clearly in the name. <laughs> very clearly. Anything Saurus is a dino despite, but you don't think it just sort of loses something if this dino is like two inches long? No, I mean, here's the thing is, uh, I'm telling you, if it has Saurus other than the thesaurus, it's a dinosaur. <laughs> That's the only exception to the damn rule. <laughs> oh. Well, I think we've done it, gentlemen. Yeah. I mean, hey, congratulations for everyone getting a, a holiday episode. Yeah. You know, some folks take the day off, but not the Ruthless Gang. Not so, the variety program. I got to tell you, it was another banger of an episode, gentlemen. Uh, and Duncan, congrats on, on healing from the coronavirus. So until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Thursday. Stay ruthless.